This is day four of Holy Week, Thursday. As we continue through the Gospel of Luke, reading about the last week of Jesus' life before he dies and is eventually raised from the dead, on our way to Easter. And today we read in Luke 22. Part of Luke 22 is the institution of the Lord's Supper in Luke's account. Jesus said, this says in verse 14, And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus is doing this for the disciples so that they would have a frame of reference or they would have a meaning for what's about to happen to him on the cross. And what we see here in the Lord's Supper that we still participate in and that we still practice as one of our ordinances in the church is that this meaning has is, is the fulfillment of so much that happens throughout Scripture. It's clear in Luke chapter 22 that Luke is presenting Jesus as the Passover lamb. Just go back through chapter 22 and look at all the times that he mentions the Passover in this one chapter. He says in chapter 22, verse 1, he says, Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread near, which is called the Passover. Uh, and then in verse 7, he says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. In verse 8, he said, So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us. And then when they go into the city, they're supposed to tell the person the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with you? And then in verse 13, it says they went and found it just as he had told them and they prepared the Passover. And then in what we just read, Jesus says in verse 16, verse 15, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. Passover, 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 over and over again, leading up to the Lord's Supper. So obviously, what Jesus is about to do has something to do with the Passover, and it's the fulfillment of this Passover, and he is being presented as the Passover lamb. Now, this goes back to Exodus chapter 12, when the first Passover was, was uh, well, it occurred in Egypt when the 10th plague was coming, and God was about to kill every firstborn in Egypt. Uh, but God told Israel that if they would take a Passover lamb and they would kill that lamb, and there, of course there was a whole lot of procedure and a whole lot of ceremony around that, but it had to be a perfect spotless lamb without blemish. They took that lamb and they killed that lamb. They took the blood of that lamb and they put it over the doorpost of their house. And then they took the flesh and they ate every bit of it and that which they did not eat they had to burn on the fire. And that was the uh, initiation of the Passover. The incredible thing about that is that it not only saved them from the angel of death that came and killed the firstborn, 
but the Passover rescued them out of Egypt and brought them into a relationship with God. It was the initiation of their being set apart from the nations into God. Really, the Passover is where they entered into or they began to enter into this covenant. And we would see them ultimately enter into that covenant at Mount Sinai. This is the point I want you to get. At the Passover, it wasn't just about them missing death. It was about them entering into a relationship with God. The Passover lamb didn't just rescue them from the angel of death. The Passover lamb allowed them to be separated from the false gods of Egypt and to come into a relationship with God, into that old covenant. This is what Jesus is saying. I am the Passover lamb, except I am not like that Passover lamb, which you have to uh, participate in every year. Uh, and, and, And the covenant that you're entering into is not being purchased by an animal. The covenant that you're being that you're entering into is being purchased by the invaluable, the priceless body and blood of the Son of God. This morning we also read in the book of Psalms and in uh, chapters 95 and 96 and 97, it talks about how the glory of God has been displayed amongst all the nations. How at the voice of God, the mountains melt, the earth trembles, and all the nations should come and know this God. All of their gods are worthless gods, but the one true God, he deserves the glory and he deserves the joyful singing of all of the nations. He is invaluable. He is holy. He is perfect. He is set apart and he deserves all of the worship of all of the nations. And what we see in Jesus is that that God has taken on human flesh. Do you see that? The same God in the Old Testament that deserves the praises of all of the people, that God, the fullness of that God dwelt in Jesus. So as Jesus walked and ministered and did everything that he did, he wasn't just a human being like every other human being. He was beyond value. One drop of his blood was worth more than all the blood that has ever beat in every heart, through every artery, on every nation on the planet. One one ounce of his flesh was more valuable than all of humanity put together. He was more than just a spotless lamb. He was God in the flesh. So hear what he's saying. When he says, I give my body to you, he's giving us that which is beyond value. I give my blood to you. He's giving us that which is beyond any value we could put on it. So it doesn't just rescue us from Egypt. It doesn't just rescue us from sickness. It rescues us from our sin. It rescues us from eternal death in sin and separation from God. And it brings us into a relationship with God. But it's not like the old covenant. The old covenant was based on obedience of the people. And it was secured through the sacrifice of animals. But what Jesus has come to bring is a new covenant. A covenant secured by the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. One that 
that is built on grace, one that we enter, enter into by the completed work of Jesus. And this is what he's saying, that my body and my blood is securing for you a covenant. And all you have to do is receive it by faith to believe in it. And this is what he tells us to do, to do this in remembrance of me. As we practice the Lord's Supper, what we're saying is that the invaluable God of the universe has laid down his body and his blood. He's given it to us. He's broken it and given it to us. He's poured it out like wine so that we could have life in him. And there is life in nothing else. There is not life in any other pursuit that we could have. There's only life in this Jesus. So we take it and we remember the sacrifice that he made. And we remember the life that's being freely offered to us. And we take it and we live by it. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for the Lord's Supper. Such a great symbol, a powerful symbol of what you've given for us. Help us never to forget as we go into this Easter weekend, help us never to forget the price that was paid. And God, the, the extreme value of the covenant that we're getting to enter into. God, it's given to us by grace, paid for by Jesus. And as we remember this, help us to worship you in a way that you're worthy of. Turn us from our sin. Wake us up in our sleep. Raise us from the dead so that we worship you the way that you deserve. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.